Welcome to the Bothering Strangers podcast. My guest today, you may have seen him on NBA 2K11. You might have seen him at South by Southwest, maybe Coachella. He just had an album come out called Nobody Cares Except You. My guest today is rapper Kosha Dills. How, you, how are you doing? What's up, man? I feel like everyone does a wave now. It's like a, oh. it's an applause on, uh, it's the worst. I get, I get, I get Sorry, one wave at the end and two waves at the beginning. <laughs> amazing dude um i'm excited to be here thanks for having me and uh, what how many episodes are you in you are eight so pretty uh still, still right pretty new. eight a miracle <laughs> you've made it this far in jewish miracle. Miracle. Yeah. already started in the jewish references i like it yeah i do let's go right into it you know yeah let's go right let's go right into it so i want to talk about amongst so obviously you kind of become like a voice for jewish rappers lately well you've been one for a while but lately it's been you've been kind of getting a little like doing more op-ed pieces column pieces what led you to getting into that space i think like i've always been that person like i always wanted to be different i always wanted to be set aside as someone i was i just really like i just really like repping my shit you know like i think you're Jewish and you're like, you, like you should rep it. Like, especially well, my historical background, my, my historical background, my family background, I was the first one born in America. Everyone was born not here. So, you know, I come from an immigrant family to the T. I'm like the last of the last, you know? Um, I think when I really saw like in revolutionary rap world, like during MySpace era and a lot of like immoral technique and a lot of like immoral technique cronies. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing, but like offsprings of like dead prez and these revolutionary rap groups, a lot of people in their activism just really like left out Jews. And it was just like, well, Israel and, you know, um, anti-Semitism, Palestine. And just that, when that language comes up, there was no one there. You know, and all Jewish people are really like silent. And more, most of the Jewish rappers that I knew were like, no one was rapping about that. And there really wasn't. More of the Jewish rap or rappers who were Jewish were talking about like being like Bugsy Siegel, like street life, like I'm a Jewish criminal, embodying that mentality. You know what I'm saying? Getting money. Because that's, just, that's cool too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if that's what you're trying to do. And my music wasn't that. My music was more based around having an identity, rapping about everything else and still being judged for being Jewish, which is the exact proof of how anti-Semitism exists in that world. Right, for sure. Well, I mean, what, so about, <laughs> what about uh, Matis Yahoo? I mean, he's not- Matis Yahoo is very like rejoiced and like was very, like it was more Jewish music. Right. That you know is, what I mean? That is brand. You hear Matis Yahoo? It's like, all right, this is like safe for Jewish families. Parents come with their kids. Parents really don't come with their kids to my show. Parent, parents drop off their kids. Kids get high. <laughs> you know, like, it's like kind of my rap show. You know what I mean? That's like my stuff is way different. But right. I entered into that world because Matis Yahoo is hip hop to his core. He just happens to make this kind of music. But Matis Yahoo is hip hop to the heart and soul. You know what I mean? It's even you know, came up in New York, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, playing with him, like I got connected to the Jewish world and that sort of in, emboldened and, and, and strengthened my identity even more. And, you know, when you go backstage and there's 
minions and stuff. And you're like, what's what's popping here? You know, what's yeah. up with the after party? Oh, I guess a bunch of rabbis and, and dudes praying after mm-hmm. the show. This is what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I really, uh, I really love some of those moments, to be honest. I really love some of those moments there. Yeah. So yeah. it's very just different, different stories. You know what I mean? So it was Maros Yahoo, Ill Bill Necro, which is complete opposite, and me. I mean, this is before Mac Miller. It's like 2008, you know? Mac Miller's more 2009, 2011, 2012. It's like, psh, out of there. But Mac um, Miller, Mac Miller is just Jewish. I don't really remember him talking about being Jewish. Exactly. Too much. Yeah, exactly. He's just Jewish. Mom's Jewish. Father's Christian. And his stuff was just like, it's a different path, you know, but I was in that era where people knew me as like the Jewish guy, you know what I mean? Rappers, it was cool to be different than everybody else, you know? Right. Mod Son was the hippie rapper. g Easy was a, um, you know, 50s rapper at the time. He was like doo-wop music, like very like a uh, slick hair. Doo-wop. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Like, um, MGK was like, you know, wild white dude rapper. And it was like Warp Tour. Warp Tour was like that riff raff was like the cartoon rapper. Mickey Avalon was like sex Jewish rapper, just sex, sex, sex. And so everyone has their little niche. And my stuff is kind of like strong Jewish identity artist that doesn't really rap about Jews. It's very niche. It's like <laughs> I'm the least popular. <laughs> you have a very niche. I mean, only, the only one who does something similar to you is Nissan Black, but he's a religious Jew. He's in Israel. And he's black and, and he he's six black kids. and he's black and you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's similar, yeah. but it's different. Yeah. It's always going to be different than that because he's black and I'm not, you know what I mean? So my stuff is like, it's different, you know what I mean? And the scene, but the scene came from the same era that I did in underground rap music, 2008, Macklemore just starting, you know, Northwest hip hop really like inspired me and created my style of stuff. Like I was really into I mean, we weren't that far off. Like Macklemore had Thrift Shop. I had a song called Garage Sale. You know what I'm saying? I had a, a song called The Sweatpants Song. I have these songs. I had a song called Cellular, Cellular Phone. I mean, we were all making these kind of fun-hearted rap songs, you know, right. and some stuff serious and fun. And, and now stuff is very reactionary. Something happens, we make a song about what happened, you know? Um, yeah. So. It's It's interesting. It is interesting. Who would you say are, I asked Westside Gravy two episodes, the same question. Who would you say are like, are the, the best, the top five right now? Like not, not right now, just the top five of all time in no particular order. Um, I want to say I despise this question because I give different answers all the time, but because I could give you, I could give you who's the top five rappers or I could rap, give you, rappers or I could give you the top five people I like, you know what I mean? Um, uh, do uh, whatever so um i'm gonna start out with the beastie boys really created everything for not even jewish guys but like white kids like they created a ba- like a, a set point of an entry level thing of like how that was and they created theirs and i had a discussion with a, with a woman about this they didn't shift music they shifted culture there's a difference. They were just, they were aware of who they were though, too. That, that, that's, that's what it really seemed like. But they're like cultural icons versus musical icons. Like Biggie Smalls also musical icon, but also very of the culture of like what Brooklyn, everyone thinks Brooklyn, they think Biggie, you know, the hundred percent. Um, so I'd say Beastie Boys, Biggie Smalls, um, Tupac was influential in me 
um, because that's when I started going against the grain and saying like, what's on the West Coast? Because everyone's thinking East Coast. I want to think West Coast. So I went to Tupac. I grew up 20 minutes from Staten Island, 30 minutes from Staten Island. So Wu-Tang was huge influence. I mean, plus I've worked with them. I have songs with RZA. I've done, you know, um, I did tours with him. I went on a film tour with him um, for Man with the Iron Fist. And like on a personal person of who I'm listening to, there's this currently, I'll just put that as the fifth. And I think he's the greatest right now. There's this dude, Simbi, Simbi Selassie. He's like Simba lives long and he's a, Ethiopian kid. I think he's also Jewish, but like his just whole aura is great and it matches what is current and old all into like this one thing and, and an activist and revolutionary and something that's into and style and emotional too and like emo and it's everything that what I kind of come from because so those are the five. Is he Israeli? Yeah. No, Ethiopian. From Ethiopia? Ethiopian. Yeah, I mean, that's where Ethiopians are from. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, he's currently living in Brooklyn. He's currently living in Brooklyn. But that's oh, like, oh, do you, know, do you know him personally? Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're in Brooklyn, so. Yeah, I just don't want to like, I'd rather like give that, put that up there instead of like, oh, and, uh, you know, and, you know, Bell Biv DeVoe, I don't, you know, who cares? You know what Bell, I mean? well, I that, that would be a great hot take if it was Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know. But, coming, in, coming in with poison. But. I did listen to a lot of my quirkiness probably comes from digital underground and like listening to Humpty Hump dance on 17, you know what I mean? And there's, yeah. Uh, like what about, so like you have a song came out like five years ago, but it's been probably one of your more successful songs that you performed at festival span Hebrish. Yeah. Like where, so that's, that's like, to me, that's like kind of like a dancing song, you know? And like, and like you mix yeah. Hebrew English, it's very, very Spanish Hebrew English, just a kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I pride myself in speaking Spanish, Hebrew, and English. And my span now I think my Hebrew is better than my Spanish. It's actually, but it, my Spanish is getting better now that I'm in New York. Um, it's it's the other way for me. My Spanish is better than my Hebrew. Okay, yeah. <laughs> only like, only recently. It's only it's only recently become that way. Um, I think like yeah, I'm very prideful of like mixing this stuff. My like my big dream is to like bring all these people to one show, you know. But we're all, we're so segregated, you know, as a community in a world where it's like hipster white people who listen to black music can't seem to go to the hood to listen to hood music. Here, but they'll be like tweeting about Pop Smoke, you know what I mean? And I'm like, bro, it's not it, you know what I mean? Like you can't go, like you you would walk across the street. So my dream when I do stuff like that throughout all my albums, there's always a Jewish song that's on these records. So that was the Jewish song that was on that record, Gina and the Garage Sale. Um, and I just love doing that because that's like always strengthened my identity. And that's been like, man, doing that song has led to so much stuff. They're like, could you do that for kids? Could you do that? It's like fun, you know what I mean? Um, and the video was like Jewish. Video was great. We wanted to be like more orthodox, and then like, there was like a there was like a behind the scenes video from some Israeli woman that she posted, and it got like so many shares because like it was in like you know rush hour traffic in L.A. and Pico, and everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" There's like a I rabbi dancing with me, huh? I knew it looks familiar to me. I'm like, it looks like <laughs> it looks like Pico in L.A. Yeah, yeah, man. Mexicosher was a place, and I was like, oh, I yeah. remember it. I remember Mexicosher. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest, oh yeah, rest, oh, in, rest in peace. What would you? Uh, who's so you've performed with, like amongst others, RZA, Ghostface Killer, 
Snoop Dogg, Monty's Yahoo. Who's been your favorite person to perform or collaborate with? Um, collaborating with RZA is is crazy. It's just nuts. Like, I was like, you know, being in the Wu, like where like they recorded a lot of the stuff is true. I mean, in the New Jersey Wu Mansion, um, it was really epic. I think to, the story of how I got there was me getting being invited to something in the UK called Le Mood. Um, and I was traveling from like Germany to get there. Um, I had done like Czech Republic, France and Germany. And literally I was, I think I was coming from Germany playing with Necro or Freeway. If you guys know Freeway, it was on, you know, Sunday Jay-Z. And uh, we played at an old like Nazi stronghold. You called- performed it with uh, Monty's Jahu, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, but this the the trip to recording with Reza was like the venue was called Uber and Gefurlich, which is like oh, it was like an old Nazi base they turned into a music venue, and I played there with Necro, a Jewish guy, and Freeway. I don't know how he got on a tour with Freeway, who set that tour up, but I was like, "Yo, can I open?" And they're like, "Yeah, come." So I got to do some songs, and then I went to this thing called Lamud, which is like a Jewish educational trip, and they were funding the trip, so I was like, "All right, I got my shit paid for." And you know what I mean? So it was cool. So I got, I got the trip, I got the flight covered. So I went there and then I got deported. And it was like, I, cause even though they were not paying me, it was like they were covering the ticket and I was just really tired. Like I had one hour of sleep. They were like, you can't come into the UK. We're red flagging your passport. So I got deported back to Germany and then I flew back home, right? And then like five days later, I like drove to, this was on my birthday, by the way, I was detained. Dang, it, I, it was the worst. Um, I was like, miserable. I was like, dude, there's like people in here that are probably like really like not allowed in a country. And what, what's happening to me? So I get back to my parents. I was living with my parents at the time. I take the car, drive down to Maryland for this festival called Rock the Bells. Rock the Bells is like the biggest hip hop festival in the world. It's like rolling loud of today, right? It was 10 years ago. So I sneak in and I like get on stage and my homie brings me up on stage. This is when Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller just dropped a mixtape and Wiz Khalifa is like really rising to fame. And um, Riz is backstage and um, another guy who's there to promoting a film. It's a famous actor. And he's like, yo, Riz is like, why don't you, you know, pull up to the studio or whatever. So, so I like sneak, I like get deported. I like dry, sneak into the festival, I sneak in backstage. And then he gets, then I get an invite from Riza to his place. And then I go there and then I record this song with Cool G Rap. And it's like four in the morning. And I'm like, literally like writing the best song of my life. It was like the most, cause there was like 10 moments from around the world that led me to this one moment that literally changed the entire course of my life. And it's just a song, but the story is like, it was by far one of the most crazy experiences. Cause it was like a two week agonizing thing that I thought there would be no no out and then and then one day he just dropped it he dropped it like who knows when later and it just came out and then i started just kind of like stamped me in hip-hop approval you know respect for a long time and then i worked with him a lot more after that so that's the story well 
That that's incredible, right there. That's <laughs> crazy. It's just like a bunch of stuff adding up together. Uh, I need I need to ask you about this because the first the, this is true story. The first time I ever heard your name was when I was fourteen. I was playing NBA Two K Eleven. I'm messing yeah. around on, on like the modes of the game, and I see like a, a pickup version where it's like all these rappers and I'm like kosher dills sounds Jewish. I'll play as him. You know, just like a typical Jewish kid thing. I feel like. Uh, how did you get on that game? How did how did you get because like. <laughs> There's like Snoop Dogg. You got like the top guys at the time in the rap game on yeah. NBA 2K11. How did you get on? So I entered a rap battle. Well, I entered. A, I won a rap battle, Hot 97. I got a record deal with this label. I mean, it's still a label. But it wasn't really a record. It was like a promotional deal with Duck Down. Um, they're sort of really, I grew up on them. The first rap CDs I bought were from their label. They were telling me like, yo, you know, next year, next year I got invited to play Summer Jam 2010. I mean, it's Summer Jam, like, you know, I'm in my 20s. I'm like, I'm playing for J. Cole and J. Cole just coming out with Jay-Z and like, and me and my boy got to play like two songs. And they're like, this guy won the battle last year. Like, get out there. And, uh, you know, at that time, there was just a bunch of other festivals going around in this world through this label and they were getting in some you know interesting marketing stuff and they got something with nba 2k so they did a contest and i said we got to enter the contest you know what i'm saying just keep showing her face so i made a song for this contest and i think we took like second or third place or something so we didn't get the the, the contest was get the song in the game so i didn't get the song in the game and then i was promoting it south by southwest and the shows were over, but I kept passing out all my posters because I had posters. So I kept putting them up anyway. I didn't care that, you know, just people see my name. And some guy goes, oh, you're your Kosha Dills. Da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yo, like stay in touch. I do the marketing 2K. Like we had your thing, but didn't work out. But I'm like, cool, let's, you know, get on an email. And um, he goes, yo, like hit me up. I know um, it didn't work, work out, but like, yo, would you want to be a character in the game? And I was like, Hold on one second. I'll even show you. <laughs> Not only do I have that, I still have the bag they gave me. Oh, wow. 2K. Old school. Yeah, I mean, and yo, dude, like, went to the release party, getting the bags, getting the games, and Common is performing, like, right in front of me, like this, rapping about me. And, uh, yo, it's just, it's really dope, like, that that was just it, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, at that time, I mean, they sold five million to ten million games. It's one of the greatest two Ks that, that they've ever made. I appreciate that. And all around the world, people were like, "Yo, two K, two Like, people had me sign their two Ks. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, one, it's so epic to be in a game but you're playing with drake like drake's in the game i'm like oh I, I met drake i'm like hey drake like i'm in the game too like oh like two jewish rappers yeah so and you could dunk and they asked me who to That's be and I, I picked i picked uh like the two jewish guys so people were like talking like tweeting me and they're like kosher dill's character sucks and he's like the worst guy in the game which i knew i knew it i knew i wanted to be the worst guy because <laughs> i didn't want all the other guys were like trying to be taller. All the wait, other rappers. Wait, so you picked Omri Caspi and Jordan Farmer as yeah. the two players to to be to like play like? Yeah. Wow, that's so odd. 
Unreal. I wanted to be like the Jewish guy. I knew that yeah. this was like a moment in Jewish history. Yeah. It How are you? You're right. You're right. How are you at basketball like in real life? I'm pretty sus at it. Like I got to play some D and like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the best. Sounds like the Jewish way right there. Yeah. I mean, I wrestled in college, you know what I mean? Yes. So we yes. Con- I'm con- full contact sport, more guy. You wrestled at Rutgers, right? Yeah. That's what weight class were you? 165 or 174. Were you like, were you a scholarship athlete? I mean, like I got, it helped me get into school, I think, but I mean, you know, I fucked up my whole thing because of drugs really. So yeah, I went to jail, like, yeah, I went to jail a bunch in college, quit the team. So that's my life. <laughs> but you've been sober for a while now though. Yeah. 16 years. Congratulations. That's, that's very, it's very big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. What, yeah. uh, so how you, uh, I was going to, you brought it up, but I was going to bring it up some point, but, uh, you did go to prison when you were younger. Yeah. Like I just, when I got arrested, I was like 19, it was 20, like 20, you know, and then like you turn, did I, I was like 19 to 20. And then I turned 21 in jail. I like got arrested before I turned 20. Then I like did time. So I was supposed to do like five years and they sent me to nine months and you do three months. That's how kind of the system works. If you do a drug charge, chances are you can get sentenced to a really high time. Like you could be like, oh, you sold a bunch of drugs and you'll get sentenced to five years and you'll do like one. And then you'll just be on pro like, cause it's, I don't know why, I think it's cause it's maybe it's financially systematically smarter for them, especially if you're not going to cause any issues and like you're obviously turning your life around. Um, so that's kind of what happened for me, not that time, but the second time. So I'd gotten arrested and I've been arrested a bunch. I even got arrested during the uh, LA riots now, like during the, I got arrested at a protest and tackled by police and like, you know, that it's, it's a horrible place to be and it's a very eye open experience, but I'm like grateful that I went to it, but it's most of the people that are in jail, it's usually if they had an extra five to fifteen thousand dollars, their entire life could be changed the course of their next years of life. That's how the justice system works. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, oh no, I've I've always I'm, I'm, I feel like certain people would choose to be naive about about like the justice system, and they're like, ah, oh, it's it's it'll like, Pete, justice will be served essentially. And I'm like, no, like it's a financial system. If you have more money, this is just how it works in general. You yeah, this is how everything works. I yeah. mean, musicians, if they had an extra five grand, they would have a great publicist. They would have a great video. You know what I mean? It's everything. If yeah, it's um, it's it's just the way of the world, I suppose. I don't know. That's sad, sad story, but not wrong. You uh, you used to go used to go by the name KD Flow when you were like young, young. Yeah, I, I did my research. Uh, and then and now you've been coaching those for a while. What like why'd you change? go from KD flow to kosher dose? Um, I specifically, I, uh, wanted to like, I don't know. I got made fun of when I was kosher. I was kosher dill. So it just changed. And then I was like, we're going to come out as kosher dills. And, uh, you know, like it was Jewish food, sex, and it was like aggressive. Like if you look up the, the record label I was at, it's still my PayPal called matzah for your mouth records. It's like an angry matzo ball and it's just, it's pretty wild. And I just didn't really want to have the whole Jewish thing attached. People make fun of it. So then I changed it. I'm like, not only we're not going to have the Jewish thing attached, now we're going to go extra Jew and, and go hundred percent. 
and just take take over. And like, you know, I was like, my confidence was up and we're going to go get it. So that's what we did. You know, kosher dills. Uh, made a switch and then everyone just you know people still from old new york they call me yo kd you know yeah do you do you like that you're i mean there there are like a lot of jewish rappers like lil dicky very famous right but do you like that you are pretty much the only jewish like advocacy rapper do you like that role that you have um so interesting because it's like you're applying for a job that like no one else wants right (laughs) yeah it seems that way you just can't get it like you can't really you know and you don't you you didn't know that that was happening like even if you take you know you interviewed west side gravy or nasim black when you hear nasim black you don't know he's jewish when you hear west side gravy you don't think oh that's a jewish name like definitely not you know and you see him you're not going to even align it with certain things and they have to go out of their way to speak about it to get that attention for me i don't even have to do anything you don't even have to talk to me it just says it there and you're like what's that you know um if they know it's a jewish rapper and my stuff was always to really separate and identify those obvious things and like my first album I did a collaboration with Sea Ray's Walls. It was like 2008. Um, we made a song called I Love Jews over a Delphonic sample, which is I Love You. La, 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 I love you. Um, and then that went out and it got into Spin Magazine. And then Spin Magazine said, I love Jews. And there was 400,000 copies of it. So in my mind, I was like, this is exactly. And then I had a song called Ariel Sharon, which has nothing to do with Ariel Sharon, but everyone was like, how could you, you know? And it was like the drawing of Palestine-Israel conflict into my music. But for me, it's always been natural. Cause I was like, I like representing, I'm more, I would say more rap, more hip hop identity than Jewish identity. And the hip hop helped me become more Jewish. So. In hip hop, you're like, I represent Amboy, or you represent this, I represent West Coast, I represent East Coast, I represent Jersey, I represent Israel, that's where my family's from. I know this dude, Armin, he's from, his family's Armenian, he like loves Armenia. He could probably be way bigger if he dropped the Armenian shit, but that's him, you know, that's his heart. So you can't tell somebody that, right? And um, that's just like how I feel, you know, about my stuff. And I never thought like, oh, I gotta get a record deal. Someone, I'm not, like, I don't need your 20 grand, you know, you're about to give me a million, like, but that's not even a discussion. It's not even an option. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't mind making songs about teaspoons for a million dollars. You know, if you want me to be a teaspoon rapper, but it's just kosher deals what it is. And yeah. I think those days don't exist. You know what I mean? Like I came in an era where like record deals weren't like the thing, you know, it's like being underground was like our dream underground for life. Yeah. Well <laughs> now, now we're wanting to be bigger because social media could help the underground become big. You know, it's an instant record deal. Yeah, I mean, Tech Nine is who comes up. Like, if you're talking underground, right? Like, Tech yeah. Nine, who I think of, you know, the ultimate underground rapper. And it's. I love Tech Nine. He's, and he he's told me something. Tech Nine told me something 12 years ago, and I'll never forget it. It's all about timing. Everything is timing. I'm like, yo, what's up with a collaboration with Tech Nine? He goes, timing. That's it. Everything is timing. Want to get a fucking Tech Nine clap? If I'm in a room with Tech Nine and. The world is burning. You're like, yeah, you want to do a song before we all burn? You know, maybe we'd do it. You know what I mean? But like, other than that, you know, everything is timing in life. You know, 
That's why I'm like, hey, this is a great time to do the podcast right now. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was pretty last second instead of the soft tail. But like, you know, with like I had so many instances with timing that things didn't should have happened and they didn't. And there was some of the world's biggest stars, you know, and it's like, man, I fucked up timing. Yeah, it's not like this sometimes, you know, but if you stay in the game long enough, those options always come back around, you know. So, I mean, you don't need to like talk specifically on anything here, but do you, can you like think about specific instances where you're like, ah, if I did this, I would sure. have been this much farther? Sure. hundred percent. Wow. I won't speak on specifics, but yes, there have been various places, various things. And that's just what it is. You pick and choose. And there's things you do that you never thought they would be anything. They're like this. And then I had a song with Cascade that just hit a million and a half views. And I just, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, Where did, when did I do this? I didn't even know when I did it. And then I found out when I did it. Wow. And then you get an email and then you're playing on every nightclub in the world. You're hearing your voice. You're like, whoa. And you, and you didn't even, and you had no idea that, that would happen. I had no idea how it happened until I found out. Oh yeah. So went over to my friend's house and recorded that one day. Yeah, mm. I suppose it's like uh, um, Roddy uh, Roddy Rich. He comes out with that song "The Box," and he said that the night that he made that uh, that beat, that just like that high pitched sound he makes, he said like that was like the thirtieth sound he made that night. Like he produced, and that one just happened to be the one that made his song go next level. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that that one. Yeah, that one. And he, and he he like he didn't think twice about it. He was just like, ah, it's just another one I made because he was just used to producing six, eight, ten hours in a row, and coming yeah. up with a bunch of stuff, and then something something will hit. I did that with the song called Cellular Phone, and that was a in print to me music business. I had a Super Bowl commercial, a dog commercial, and in the beginning of the song Cellular Phone, I go wow wow wow. I do that wow 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 like a dog like wow 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 you know. Yeah. Wow, wow. Whatever. And, and they use that sound in the commercial. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Nick, Nat, Patty, Wack, Kokoshi, Dilza, Bone. Tell your girl to go pay the bill of my cellular phone. I don't need no talking about politics. I leave this stuff alone. When I'm in the zone, um, yeah, I'm in the zone. Nick, Nat, Patty, Wack, give a bone. And it's a dog fetching a bone, but it's a beer. And it's like, wow, wow, wow. It's a Bud Light commercial, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never, wow, that's crazy. That's, oh. Yeah. It makes it makes me excited. It makes me excited hearing that because like I I do YouTube videos, I do this, I do stand up. It's like it's just like you never know when you're gonna get your break. You don't know. It's not it's not up to you. Like my boy Fat Tony just got posted by Dogface, and he he's on my album. Nobody cares except you. We did a song called Humble Man, and like nobody cares except you. That whole thing was the concept was like yo, like we're gonna do like that's an example of like yo Tony, we have to do something. And I've known this guy for ten years. We didn't do something. I knew Anderson Pack. I knew Dave Batista. I knew like all these people. And I'm like, ah, oh, we didn't, we were supposed to do something. You know what I mean? I went over Free National's house and all the mic was, didn't sound good. And we recorded two songs with the, with the bassist Jose. And you know, you're like, fuck, like we never fixed that song. Dude lived down the street, you know? So you think about those things. So Tony, when he did my song, Humble Man, we did, I have a podcast called Hustle Beach, which you guys are more than happy. I have 13 episodes out. Um, on all platforms i assume yeah 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 um he was the first episode and tony talks about diplo used his mix with like too short and like a country song and he played it at stagecoach on the main stage 
and like it went viral you know what i'm saying like this he, he was on a meme basically on complex all the big things and just the day after dogface did the uh the thing for um what's the band called blah, blah, blah. um fleetwood mac sorry about that not what's the like what's those guys called obviously fleetwood mac Very the fast. day after he posted fat tony's video and fat tony you know so many new followers and, and it just when I listen back to this podcast, it's like when you get that, it's like more attention to do more stuff. Like I have a song with Cascade. It's not rap or anything, but it's like Cascade is a legend in EDM. He was like that one of the main stars of the Coachella documentary. Yep. I'm playing for 20,000 people. And that is another thing. If people find out I have a song with uh, Cascade, they'll be more willing to listen to my other songs. And now when they hear this, they're like, you got a song with RZA? And you got, you know, they know that. It's like, yeah. okay. They'll start clicking around. You're in a video game? Yeah, I went platinum in a video game. I mean, you I was did. part of the project. I have Gangsta Boo on my new project. I got Gangsta Boo from, you know, and Modest Yahoo's on it. But Gangsta Boo is also on the Run the Jewels project. Run the Jewels, like the oh, day after. Nice. They, she just did, she just did like, uh, they're doing the adult, they, the adult swim for Rock the Vote. And like, she's in it. And I have a music video with her where we're going to outer space. And it comes out in like a, like momentarily and gangsta boost from three six mafia she's on run to jewels with the hottest rap group out it's like you know you have to make those moves and this is for for whoever like look who's like five thousand followers right now and look who got ten thousand followers and um and like show extra love to them and like if especially if they're consistently trying to do shit to blow up and that's what their goal is because they want to bring more attention to what they're doing so they have a livelihood it's like you got to comment on those posts and show them love when no one's commenting. That's like, and, yeah, that, that was like my guest two weeks ago, Westside Gravy. He is, dude, he's like doing like cool Israel stuff. And I just did some Israel rap for like Bahrain and UAE and, you know, like I'll do deals? one. Yeah, for the peace deals. And yeah. like, you know, it got like 5,000 views the day of like on Twitter. And I met like, all the people from all the consulates in Ireland and everyone was sharing it. And I got like three articles out of it. And it's for whatever it is, it's still a piece of content that it's like, you just got to keep making all those, whether it's funny, whether it's serious, whether whatever it is to you, because, and, and then you're allowed to have all that. So me, I have the political stuff. I have the, you know, mental health stuff, addiction, recovery, comedy. I mean, we're, we're, we're fully operating a piece of machinery over here. Who who would you wanna? I mean, it, like if you could, like if you would like your pick of anyone and how to collab with, who would you want to collab with? Kid Cudi. Ooh, Kid Cudi. Okay, why? I mean, he embodies rap, but he also is a singing and just acting, and that's like what I like. You know, I want to be an actor. I want to be a producer. I want to, you know, I love Kanye. I love, I love Kid Cudi. I love that style of work where it's like, you know, we're producing something now. We're creating a piece of clothing right now. We're gonna anything we're doing, we're we're flipping something and making it different. So kind of like how you've been doing everything with the clothing. The vintage yeah. clothing, I should say. Don't want to yeah. sleep short. The vintage clothing you've been yeah. doing. I love it. I love that stuff, you know? Cause I want to find the vintage clothing that Post Malone wants, you know? Dude, it's 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 a it's a solid business too. Like that's great. And I got some really cool stuff, you know, but I'll never sell the NBA 2K pack because it's sentimental value. Yeah, you can't sell NBA 2K pack. No. But you, you have an Instagram for that, right? 
Uh, kosher vintage, yeah. Kosher vintage on yeah. Instagram for vintage clothing, solid stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. You can say no, like I, like I won't be mad, but will you? Would you be willing to freestyle? Okay, I'll do it. Do you need a word or what? Um, yeah. What would you? What would be the word? I've been looking behind you. I see. I this is. Don't don't get mad. But I've just been looking behind you. I see some handles. Handles. Okay, ready. Because I have to, I have to I leave. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a live stream for my album and the performance with Jam Jews. I'm doing a weekly residency with Jam, Jam Jews. Jews. It's like a new Jewish musical endeavor, nonprofit, um, teaching Torah and raps. And it's, yeah, it's cool. Jam Jews. It's like very jam bandy. And yeah. Jews. It's like yeah. very, very, it's like Jews for fish. Have you ever seen their Facebook groups? It's like Jews who listen. Like the band fish? Yeah. It's I've, like seen, I've, I've seen the Facebook group. It's pretty funny. Yes. Um, okay, ready? Yep. Um, it's hard to handle with the handles when I handle dope. Move to be a rabbi, meeting a canner, eating a lot of cantaloupe. This is the art I choke before I choke the art, eating all my vegetables. Yeah, bro, you know it's hard. Like Brett the Hitman with my dish dam. People say, Dillas, you ain't doing the dishes, fam. I'm known to clean it up, feed it up. Nobody cares except you, my album. You should go lead it up to the top of your stairs and play it really loud. Spotify, Deezer, every streaming device that's on it now. People say, oh, my style. Yeah, man, it's going down. Do you got a sound? Do you got a cloud, a sound cloud? How about now? Can I listen all later? I'm trying to get the handle on all of my haters. I'm nice with a hockey stick, but can't handle no favors. When a slap shot like Wayne Gretzky or wrist shot, for later, this is a New Jersey devil with your pedal and hands and Gretel. I put my hands up in the metal to show and I just met you. It was so exceptional. I am a professional, but when I do my taxes, I write it off. So I had to let them know that deals is a hustle for mine. I got a song called Tommy Pickles and a song called W9. I got a song called Age, you're feeling the West Side. Shout out to West Side Gravy. If a girl's younger than you 10 years, she's one year younger older on the left side that's hard to understand but if you could see it with numerical value from my friends this is deals in the olympic business in 2021 in japan i'm kind of hard and i just prove who i am i'm kosher deals katie flow back in the day that's my fam okay but i'm ramatan evanesh bomb with the hella fresh yeah i got hair and chest you can add me on facebook whether i decline or accept my rhymes is the best I want you to know hustle and flow like the movies this year. I got a song with Gangsta Boo. It's getting groovy this year. I got a song with Modest Yahoo. Maybe get two in this year. Maybe get three. We're all holy P. I'm getting Jewish this year. People be like, yo, it's getting Buddhist and weird. Watch me. The Ashkenazi at a friggin' stadium show. Listening, socially distant to Gandhi. I construct like origami. And my first name is Rami. Peace. Hey, hey there it is. There it is. Thank well, you. Appreciate bars, that. bars, bars, bars. Bars. There it is. I got to go. Well, go. What, I know. Like? That, that's why I asked you right then. Thank you so much for coming on to Bothering Strangers. It's good, man. I feel like I needed to talk to someone. This was either my therapist or you. And I don't, I don't pay a therapist, you know? So. Well, oh, I mean, I don't think you're paying me either, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. My, my guest today has been Kosha Dills. You can listen to his podcast, Hustle Beach, yes. on all major platforms. 
you can check out his new album that just came out. Nobody cares except you on all major streaming platforms. And check out his vintage clothing store, Kosha Vintage. The, that's the Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything else? Did I miss anything? Um, you know, subscribe to the channels. You know, YouTube. Say hi. Say hey. I met you from this podcast. I heard it. You know, even one, two, three. You know, share it. And if you see that album, share it with someone. And you know, like. And if not, like listen to it and help somebody else. You know, like nobody cares except you. I've learned. I could tell you all about my stuff, but like my whole rollout, I'm doing. You know, I'm performing everywhere and raising money for some charities. And if you're interested in giving to some of the charities that I'm giving to and that, that revolve around nightlife and venues in America that have shut down that prevent comedians and musicians from performing at and bartenders and waiters and doorman security guys, a lot of people. It's a whole, don't ask us, how do you guys make money? Like just shut the fuck up and like watch what we're doing and like, and, and help and help or don't ask dumb questions. And I, I truly mean that. And I Happy know about that. Yeah. Happy to ask. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't ask that, you Talk know, just, we, we do it, you know, this is what we do and we, we, but we all do it good. And, um, and I want to give back cause nobody cares. Except you. That's right. All right. We'll see you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Everyone stay safe.